0: Greetings, friends, and welcome to the Gospel Underground Podcast. We are broadcasting live, well, like we say, live to us, from the Power of Change Shedquarters here in Blacksburg, Virginia. I'm here with my co-host, Jesse Fury. What's up, Jesse? Hey, Reed. How you doing today? Our episode today is episode 1.1. We're calling it The Nature of Our Nature. Well, as we begin today, I have to do a little apology of sorts. our first episode, we... uh, began a little discussion of a drink called buy b a i and i mentioned a super bowl uh, advertisement that was done by justin timberlake and i kind of made it sound like jesse was in here drinking by with his pinky up or something And it was a little unfair so jesse i need to apologize to you i was trying to say that the justin timberlake kind of thing was lame but but not you drinking by yeah that was that was not cool reed it was definitely i do no. like buys yeah
1: um and it would be okay to drink with your pinky up. I think. Yeah, if you want to. If you want to. Um, but you know, the
0: the thing that's not cool about it is you gave me the buy. That's right, I did. Because I ha- you, you have a buy problem. I have a buy problem. Uh, you know, and, and it's interesting. Uh, buys are are very overpriced antioxidant fusion drinks. And this this is not a paid advertisement for uh, buys. By the they way, they should sponsor us. They should sponsor us. Maybe maybe in the future one can we can be dreamers. We can dream. Um, the buys actually in my office, I, I actually order these things by the case. This is my confession. I have a little mini fridge in the shed quarters with lots of buys in them. These particular ones are called Puna Coconut Pineapple, and they're mm. amazing. I know people give mm. me a hard time because these things are expensive, but a lot cheaper than your $5 Starbucks drinks that you guys all drink. Uh, but they are a little pricey, and so what i found is that Amazon, you can subscribe— to buys and i order these things by the case because i can get them down to about a dollar 60 a piece you are the only person i know with a drink subscription yeah yeah it's, it's a thing man it's a thing so uh one of our segments here on the uh on the underground is cool or not cool we're gonna do that today so first one up jesse cool or not cool drinking by as your cool. favorite drink cool cool very cool you just blessed me, brother. Said I was yeah. cool. How about fantasy football? I think fantasy football starts for a lot of people to are getting their drafts done. Cool or yeah, not people cool? people are cramming their drafts
1: today because the first game, This is we're recording on Thursday, first game of the season is tonight. That's right,
0: it is. Uh, by the time you're listening to this, the Chiefs will have lost to the Patriots. I hey, think. hey, I'm, I'm, I'm into that. I'm a Pittsburgh Steelers fan myself. Until you touch mm. the black and gold, you can say everything you want about mm. uh, football. Are you doing fantasy, Jesse? I, I'm in multiple leagues because I think fantasy football is cool. Yeah. Very cool cool. I think it's cool too I was a fantasy guy For a while You know what took me Out of fantasy football I confess this slowly (laughs) I'm curious English Premier League soccer Moving on Okay. Um, Cool or not cool Jesse Esports Video games As a sport What do you think Cool or not cool I think it's not cool. <laughs> not cool. Not cool. Hey, esports guys, we think you're cool. We think you're cool. What about what about video games, esports in the Olympics? Yeah, this is that's this, not cool. Not man. Cool. That's not, not cool. cool. I'm an amateur wrestler. If by you're trade. training,
1: if your training never gets you out of your basement, that's not right. you can't be in the Olympics. But
0: your thumb muscles get very a lot of very dexterity. Beastly. Well, not cool. Esports people, do your thing. Make your money. Mine your virtual gold. Get paid in Bitcoin. But you're not going to the Olympics. Yeah, you probably will. This is the world we live in. The world we live in is an interesting place. The, the the subject of our discussion today is the nature of our nature. There's been a lot happening around us in the natural world, say the least, in the last couple of weeks. There's been certainly an awareness of our place as human beings. Uh, in the universe, in the cosmos. For instance, there was an eclipse. I don't know if anyone noticed that. Jesse, did you watch the eclipse? I was outside. I was outside in the eclipse. We're pretty close to the path of totality here, aren't <laughs> we? Path of we totality. We were in the
1: 90% to, you know, eclipse yeah,
0: range. we were. 90% totality. I set up a, a, an iPad on my deck, and I really wanted to catch the darkness. So I did like a time-lapse photo thing. And totality probably would have made it look really cool, but it uh, just didn't do it. It stayed, it got a little shady. I was, uh, It got a little shady. It was a
1: bit of a letdown for me. Yeah, we were outside and we, we we were keeping track of the time. And as it got closer and closer, we stopped what we were doing. And I was waiting for it to get dark. And it where we were, it was like... Not it, dark. It was just, it was just, <laughs> it was just not, not dark. dark. I was like,
0: yeah. it was like walking outside at eight in the morning. Yeah. Like it's just not, it not that really dark. Was. It was a little dusky. I'll tell you what. There was a friend of mine sent me a video. Ted Stark, shout out on the Gospel Underground to you. Ted he sent me a video. He was in Oregon watching it, and man, it did get pretty dark there. He was in a, in the path of t- totality. Was he a was he an eclipse chaser? Did you know, he, I don't know if he he's in California, so I think he might have chased it up. But they, mm. it was amazing just listening to the people around him, like just the amazement when the stars come out in the daytime, the awe that happens around the eclipse. I watched uh, the NASA TV channel actually during the eclipse and kind of relived some of my uh, undergraduate physics nerd days. Man, the guys were geeking out. Girls were freaking out, uh, doing math equations. It was pretty amazing. But there was something we noticed with things like the eclipse that nature affects us. We also have seen this uh, with Hurricane Harvey dropping literally trillions. And even saying that's just a shocking word to say, trillions of gallons of water Mm. on Houston, the Texas coast. Louisiana as well. And certainly, I know we have both have friends in that area who are, are really yeah. serving one another in love now. It's been a wonderful coming together. I even saw a white guy, news reporter, give three, a three-step dap to a, to a brother while they were doing recovery together. It was quite fantastic. We're seeing people coming together in the midst of what's really a natural Natural disaster of, of really biblical Gilgameshian uh, kind of proportions, and so we do need to be praying for those uh, in the path of Harvey. And today and we're looking, Irma, yeah. Yeah, we're looking at Irma. You know, I grew up in Virginia Beach on the coast and saw a lot of hurricanes come by and I was involved with the church in Tennessee doing recovery after Katrina and certainly Superstorm Sandy. A lot of my friends in New Jersey deeply Mm. affected by this. And when you're seeing something that has 185 mile per hour winds, uh, it's just destruction, destruction coming yeah 800 miles wide yeah. this thing is huge yeah it's it's bigger than whole stakes and so we, we're certainly in prayer for people there in in a little known occurrence is that we also had a near miss uh an asteroid uh literally almost hit planet earth it came between uh millions of miles of us 4.3 millions of miles i think away but uh, that's what cosmologists and astrophysicists call a close call. Um, and obviously we've seen deep impact in the, I don't know, the Bruce Willis movie, I forget the name of that one. Uh, Apocalypse, something uh, where, you know, a, an event like that is an extinction level. of Armageddon? Armageddon, yeah. there you go, Armageddon. Where you can fly uh, space shuttles and drop nuclear bombs inside of asteroids and get home safe to mama. Well, what is our relationship to the environment, right? These things, eclipses that cause Great joy for us in talking about coronas over and over again. I wanted to tip a corona during that eclipse event. And and, in events like hurricanes, uh, tornadoes, earthquakes, where the very environment that we live in is, is just an utter threat to life itself. Should we be in relationship to the universe, to creation, should we be pessimistic, fearful, or hopeful uh, in the face of beauty and awesome, terrifying things. So, what do we look at when we see nature? There's a couple words I want to throw out today. Um, the first one is teleology. Mm-hmm. Um, Jesse, you better define that. Reed. Better, better define that comes from the word "telos," uh, which is a Greek word, which a lot of times is translated "design," but it actually has a little deeper meaning. It has it has the connotation of design, but more of a purpose or an end for which something is created. Or the what is aim. this? That's right. The yeah. aim. What's it for? Uh, what's the telos of this? So there's, for instance, there's a um, political philosopher named Jay Bujashevsky at the University of Texas. Who wrote a book called "What We Can't Not Know"? A guide. That's kind of a funny title, but he talks in that book about the design we see in nature, uh, and the design we see in us. Because teleology says that this world seems to be uh, created quite uh, with quite a grand purpose. At least human beings tend to think, whether whether true or false, that their lives are very very important and we see this right there is a transcultural for all time communication taking place uh that's on display through the creation itself we see that with the eclipse where uh scriptures like the heavens declare this is psalm 19 the heavens declare the glory of god the sky above even the eclipse uh proclaim the work of his hands night after night they display knowledge and there is no speech or language where they're not heard so everyone who's looking at eclipse kind of takes a deep breath see something fascinating, um, even, in, even in the purposes of the moon and, and the, the relationship, the ratios between you know the, the size of our star, uh, the distance to our sun and moon, and where we sit being able to observe this. Now, even this time in history, because some would say the moon's going to drift away and it'll be a little smaller, but now it almost fits perfectly over the sun. And you stop and say, who, who made these things? Teleology, that God designed these things for a purpose. Well, the second word uh, Jesse and I were joking about earlier when we came in here was dysteleology. You want to take a run at what that might mean?
1: Yeah, maybe a a uh, things not being the way that they ought they ought to be. When you look out at the hurricane and you think uh, this isn't right, it's not right that that trillions of gallons of water are pouring down and destroying things that God created, things that that disrupt the aim for which creation was created, things that make you go.
0: No, this is bad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So whereas we'd say there is a design to the world, there's also evidence uh, quite readily available that this world is not... Yeah, something is wrong. ...the way it should be. That's right. Something is wrong. And so I think in these events, um, whether it's watching a meteor shower, or seeing something beautiful, standing on a, you know, even where we, we live out here in the mountains of Southwest Virginia, on a clear night, you can see all the stars. Whereas in certain places where maybe I've lived in the past, closer to in large cities, New York City metro, there's more light pollution yeah. and you can't see it. But when you see the stars and when you look at the vastness of space and the, the, the immense uh, distances uh, in the cosmos, we feel very small, but then that kind of enlarges the heart with beauty.
1: Yeah, I, w- um, I remember driving through New Mexico when I was uh, 18, and we, I grew up in the D.C. area, and so you don't see very many stars, and we were driving through New Mexico, and w- we, we looked up, you know, you, when you're driving, you're looking out ahead. But we we happened to look up at the sky, a friend of mine and I, and and it was so staggering, we had to pull over. We pulled over on the side of the road outside of Albuquerque, and we laid down in the gravel and spent like a quiet 30 minutes just staring up into the sky. It was amazing to see all of the stars. And you think about uh, the the, the people in ancient cultures, including the psalmist in Psalm 19, that would be the regular view, right? So, So when you're saying the sky above proclaims its handiwork... You, you, I mean, it's all around you. The, yeah. the, the telos, the, 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 this thing, this designedness. It was, yeah, it's
0: beautiful. It and really so, calls out. It really does. And, yeah. and it's a fascinating study if you look at, say, the history of religions. Um, the things that are most glorious are the things that human cultures and communities typically turn into gods. So things like the, the 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 starry host above, right, and then certainly yeah. sexuality or the harvest or the fruitfulness of crops, these are the things that bring wonder, and we tend to worship them. Now, the the scriptures would tell us to not worship created things, but uh, the grand and beautiful artist. Who made them? And so, these kind of effects that we see—the uh, smallness, standing on top of a mountain, looking out into the universe, uh, even looking into the cells of human beings, yeah. seeing DNA—things that we could never have dreamed of before—that we look at vast amounts of information, micro machines at a cellular level—we uh, start to see uh, the works of God's hands. But then there is the brokenness, uh, and the brokenness that we see that calls us uh, and says, "Lord, how long?" Shall we look at these disasters and these difficulties? But even in the midst of um, brokenness, pain, destruction, natural disasters, what people used to call acts of God, uh, we see uh, a beauty potential coming out of that even because people tend to love each other. They tend to put aside some of the differences and the clamorings for our own place and pride and position possessions uh, and maybe take to heart a little bit, love your neighbor Uh, as yourself. If you are looking to help out with Hurricane Harvey, there's lots of organizations that you can help with. Certainly, uh, everyone's going to be pushing you towards the Red Cross. There's other organizations like Send Relief, part of the the Baptist Convention that's doing great work. And then our friends at Career Clear Creek Community Church in the Houston suburbs, a wonderful church. My friend Chad Clarkson's doing great work. He's kind of like running a situation room, uh, dispatching volunteers, leaders, resources to help. And if you want to go to Houston, you're close enough to go, do go. I know even this weekend coming up, they're wanting volunteers to come in to help uh, muck out houses, clean out uh, flooded and destroyed property. But if you do go, make arrangements with an organized volunteer effort. Don't just show up. Show up with someone on someone's list uh, ready to serve. And then also, if you're not in a mental or physical condition to rough it a little bit, uh, don't go there and become someone who needs to be cared for. Go there uh, ready uh, and willing to help. So here, here, here's what we see. We see the world is beautiful, but also fearful. It's wonderful, uh, the creation that we live in, the nature of this nature. But there's also calamity and chaos coming from it. The intuition, right, this is great, but not as it should be, Uh, I think is right. I think it's a really true insight into the nature of the world. Now, my question is, I grew up, uh, you know, not believing in God and came to faith in Jesus as a physics student uh, about 20 years old. My question was, what view of the world makes sense of both of these? Both of these. Hmm. For instance, Eastern philosophy would say that uh, suffering is a problem, right? The problem is suffering. Suffering comes from desire. Yoda would teach us this, right, in the Star Wars. I mean, how many movies are there going to be in Star Wars now? They're just straight going for the money. I think it's still pretty good, so I'm in. Uh, But Eastern philosophy would say the problem, right, is suffering. Suffering comes from our desires, and if we don't desire anything, then we'll be freed up from suffering. Suffering. It also gives us the idea that the world itself is illusory, is, a, is an illusion. Uh, the concept that uh, we need to get past what is seen to the reality, the essence, the spiritual nature of all things. Or you might look to atheism, materialism, uh, kind of worldview I was familiar with growing up. Well, you know, crap happens on Tuesday, and there's not a real why behind it. There is no telos, uh, no grand design, just dealing with it as it comes. But the philosophy of Jesus of Nazareth, who, who taught us that the natural realm could be brought back into harmony, and restoration, and even the redemption of all things in creation is part of the good news that He brought, that He will be King, not just over our lives, but over all things. I um, even some of His miracles uh, demonstrate that. Jesse, what do you think about some of the miracles of Jesus and how they might demonstrate His kingdom? Yeah, I was thinking about
1: how You've got that great miracle when he's on the sea, and he's asleep in the boat, right? Mark
0: chapter 4, yeah.
1: Yeah, and, uh, and there's a storm, and and one of the interesting things about the sea, in all of the scriptures, the sea is representative of uh, of judgment. The sea is this danger... I mean, frankly, if you've been in deep water... Yeah, deep water, you're in deep water. You're man. in deep water. I yeah. mean, you know the terror of the sea, and the sea... So they're, they're crossing the sea, and the storm comes, and, and his friends are panicking, and he's sleeping, and... Uh, when he comes out, he stills he stills the storm. He yeah. he takes the he takes the chaos and he brings it back into created order, yeah. and he does it with a word. And he demonstrates that he is not number one. He demonstrates that we should have faith that God has a plan. Yeah. But also he demonstrates his sovereign power. He he with a word controls these things, and that yeah, he gives us this uh, teleological hope that one day. With his word, yeah. things will come back into order. The That's sea right. will be stilled, and in, 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 in fact, there is no sea, yeah. so to speak, in yeah, yeah. the new creation. There's yeah. the hope of of this world being, uh, being back to the way it ought to be yeah. uh, without the, the, the threat of judgment. And Jesus stands over all of it. His yeah. miracle, you know his uh, yes, yeah, so I was thinking about him in the boat and just yeah. stilling the
0: storm. All that quite literally is swirling and dark will be defeated. And this isn't yeah. kind of a little child's play where oh you're looking at Jesus in a boat talking to the wind and no, he is demonstrating his authority over the things that threaten the the beauty of creation. Yeah. Uh, he speaks to uh, the demonic realm, the the brokenness of the natural realm, even sickness and disease that claim so many of us, even death itself in the resurrection. That's
1: right. are claimed. I was thinking too about when he's uh, when he's meeting with the um this Roman centurion, and uh, the Roman centurion says, "Can you come come back and heal heal? Yeah. Is, is his servant's child yeah. back at his uh, his place?" Yeah. And and Jesus says, "Okay, yeah, I'll, I'll come with you." And the centurion says, uh, "Well, no, I understand what it is, you know, to be a man under authority. Under authority, you, you know, when I say the word, my people go and they do this thing and yeah. they do that thing." And and Jesus then brings him forward and highlights him as a model of faith but here's the thing that so it's not just that he had faith that Jesus could do something it's really faith that Jesus is sovereign over the spiritual world that Jesus in the same way that the centurion is sovereign over this Roman army he's sovereign over the spiritual and and physical Physical world and so uh, so he stands so it's really these are miracles of hope that we're hoping in and and
0: Jesus to reign over all things and bring it all back together. That's right. When he saw, he said, I "Look." At, when he said that, I'm a man under authority. He said, "Just say the word." And I think many times we would like that uh, God to say the final word, because after all, uh, the storm still rages even right now. Some some yeah. dear blessed people are in the path of a rampaging hurricane. Uh, could God just say say the word and stop it? Well, of course. But one of the things that God, uh, particularly in the person of Christ, uh, shows us is that he has both authority and presence. Yeah. He's present with us in our brokenness. Jesus even himself took on our brokenness, um, even death itself, to show that within it he could triumph. And so within the storm, God sometimes speaks to people out of the storm. You know, In the book of Job, we see God speak out of a tempest uh, that God will meet us. Uh, in both the physical, literal storms and metaphorical storms of life. And His Word will be final. So He will bring yeah. us through the storm, triumph over death itself, uh, and bring us into the world where the deep waters uh, are, are no longer uh, called to prevail over us. And this is our hope.
1: Yeah, I, I think in the new creation, you're going to be able to see the bottom of, of any body
0: of water. Right? Yeah, yeah. Let's you look have all, to be yeah, able to, because yeah. it's too scary if you can. I was recently speaking to a group of uh, missionaries, literally uh, people that are uh, serving Christ from the UK all the way over to the Ukraine, and on the back end of that trip, that trip was in Italy, shout out to my team friends. Um, my wife and I got two days of just recreation and rest up by a a lake near the Switzerland-Italy border in the Alps and I was shocked, you know, because I've looked into some water uh, in many parts of the world that, uh, you know, maybe a little sneaky's inside there, you know what's in there Uh, this water was clear all the way down and Mm. the beauty of it, even in that itself the the crystal sea we might see as a picture uh, in the kingdom I think that's exactly right the fear is gone Uh, waters can be tread upon and the resurrected king shall well, Jesse, it's—I uh, hear that sound coming, so it's about that time. Uh, time for you to take us to church. Uh, so, one of the things that we do care about is both people uh, in the world and in the church. We want to see more people meet Jesus, become part of this family. But there's a tendency right today of people to drift and say, well, I'll just kind of maybe sit in my pajamas, listen to some spiritual content, either on uh, like the internet or television on their smartphone, uh, and not actually be part of a local faith community. Jesse, what would you say to that?
1: Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, a, a churchless Christian, right? I mean, there, there are a lot of them now. Really, it's kind of an oxymoron because here's what I'm, I, I mentioned in our first podcast the, that we used to drive to church with my friend's dad, who would roll the window down and call and, them turkeys. And, yeah, t- go to church, you turkey. <laughs> uh, so this is this is my go to church, you turkey, uh, argument for 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 our listeners um, here. So so we're going to start with taking them to church by just saying go to church. Uh, I want I want to I'm, I want to highlight some things in a recent article in the Fall Comment Magazine, uh, which you can find a link on our on our. Show notes. We'll put it in the yeah, show, show notes. notes for you. Yep. Uh, there. The issue is called "A Church for the World," and there's an article by Marilyn McIntyre called "Choosing Church." Great article. And I want to. I'm gonna. I'm actually gonna just sort of highlight some things from that article. Uh, so she gives some reasons to skip church. So there are reasons to skip church, right? Some churches are like an exclusive club uh, where you've got a maybe an unspoken dress code or Christianese or. Uh, you know, there are, there are churches where you just, you come to them and you walk in and you, know I don't belong here. Not for me, man. Yeah. Not for me. Uh, some churches offer easy, oversimplified sermons that don't address the nitty gritty of everyday life. Yeah. Uh, gloss over them. Really, really, um, there are a lot of different ways to have bad sermons, right? Yeah. Uh, some are poor imitators of pop culture. Yeah
0: yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm not going to go in on that. Yeah, out. <laughs> we'll some are out poor
1: imitators of pop culture, some are boring, some are partisan. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? So you go in there and you know this is a Republican church. Yeah, yeah. Um, which, you know, this is a whole other, we'll cover this in another uh, yeah, we'll, podcast. We'll take but, a small episode to talk but about But I do want to say the sure. church is a political thing. Mm -hmm. Right. Because politics is really about people and the church is a representative of the kingdom of God among the people. And so the church has to be a political institution, but it does not. It it can't be a partisan institution. It's not a Republican or a Democratic or a Democrat. You know, it doesn't represent a a party. Uh, But here are some reasons. Jesus
0: was a libertarian then. No, I'm just kidding. (laughs) Now the kingdom, right, should critique all yeah, of us, and that's so if, right. if Jesus never critiques your politics, your politics may be have come, become your king. That's good, that's good. So reasons to go. A healthy church will help you get over yourself.
1: So uh, it invites you into a narrative that's much larger than the self-centered ones where we all live. Uh, most of our life is really, you know, when I wake up in the morning, my life really revolves around me. It's like I'm the only person in the world, really, and everyone else sort of comes to... When, when I'm not in the shed quarters, you don't exist, Reed. <laughs> that's right. That's
0: right.
1: <laughs> you know, and and, and what, what happens when you come to church is not only are you around people, but you're brought into this narrative that reminds you that I'm, I'm a small player right. in, a, in a really big story. Right, right. Uh, it, it helps you become a part of other people's lives. It invites you to be a servant and a learner, which you don't get those kind of invitations in everyday life. That's right. Uh, a healthy church will uh, allow you to acknowledge your guilt and experience uh, forgiveness yeah this is another thing that you don 't find you can 't find that uh, in in really any other civic institutions where yeah. you can you can confess because here 's the thing we all have a sense of shame and a sense of guilt, and we don 't know what to do with it yeah and actually attending an
0: actual church you, you don 't get you don 't get it um Watching a video. Yeah, particularly a gospel church, which is going to proclaim both the reality of guilt, but the the beauty of grace and That's forgiveness. Right. Yeah. And not just going to heap morality or, or condemnation on people for nonconformity, but will say that you are a sinner in need of grace and that God in Christ has actually given that, and then you extend that with one another. That's uh, certainly at the communion table. I know at our church every week we see that, where we're welcomed by God and we can welcome each other.
1: That's right, and you have time to... Confess your guilt. Uh, time to to experience in a healthy church. You experience even through the preached word, through the through the the sacraments or ordinances. You get to experience the cloak of Christ covering your shame. Yeah, your guilt being unloaded as you receive the gospel. Amen. A healthy church invites you into a countercultural community uh, where your allegiance is God's kingdom, not not politics, not um, cultural sort of. Um,
0: Tribal narratives, Tribals, right? Yeah, yeah. Or racial narratives, or or supreme narratives about this group of people or that group of people. Yeah, there is a higher uh, authority that trumps us all, then pulls us all together. That's right, by His grace. Yeah, it trumps it. Yeah, He g- gives
1: you access to this treasury of rich uh, language to help give give words to your experience. And then I think, and here's here's she doesn't spend a lot of time in this in the article, but I think this is huge. Uh, you have a place of divine encounter, so. So that Sunday morning, and I'm advocating Sunday morning. Go to church on Sunday morning, uh, the morning that that we that we
0: celebrate the resurrection yeah. of Jesus. The, the, you get back to creation the morning that God creates the world. Or, yeah, you know, that God, you know. Spins out things in a week, and then each week is marked by the resurrection. Uh, certainly, uh, Sunday is the oldest tradition that we have, and yeah. certainly some places and cultures maybe that's not possible, but most it still is.
1: That's right. Yeah, if it is, and and you get this, you get, this is your chance to have an encounter with God in a special way. You can encounter God as we've said on the mountaintop, uh, looking at the stars. But but he has he has promised himself to his people as his people gather. And so I, I just want to encourage you to to consider going to church. Finding find a church where you're invited into a gospel. Uh, you're really invited to become a participant on Sunday morning of a gospel a dramatization through the songs that you're singing. You're you're both confessing uh, your guilt and and you're confessing your sins. You're receiving the grace of the gospel, the covering of. Of Christ, your your uh, your your eyes are being lifted up because when we walk through our life, really from the moment we walk out on Sunday afternoon, uh, my eyes start to go lower and lower and lower, and Sunday morning brings them back up, and we see uh, that God is sovereign over all of things. So, so uh, yeah, this these are good reasons to consider going to church. On Sundays as if you can
0: go into church weekly and regularly. Yeah. I tell you what is life changing too. All the statistics show that people who say on a surveys that they're this or that religiously, that's one thing. But those who are involved in regular commitment to one another in a faith community, it changes all sorts of uh, realities for our marriages, our enjoyment of life, even longevity, some of these studies are showing. And, yeah. the, and that, go ahead. Yeah, let me let me let me give a sneak preview for
1: our, one of our next recordings. Uh, you know, I I'm interact with a lot of young evangelicals, uh, probably who who wouldn't even call themselves and, evangelicals. And,
0: yeah, it might be evangelical. I mean, people that uh, have respect for the Bible, Jesus risen from the dead. Yeah, name, that's that right. Yeah,
1: yeah, and and many of them are are disheartened by the voting habits of. <laughs> I'm going to put air quotes around evangelicals. Older evangelicals, sure. And and uh, for instance, I think 81 percent of evangelicals voted for Trump. Yeah. Um, but here's the interesting thing about that is. Uh, in the primaries, the evangelicals who went to church regularly were supporting, uh, actually supported Cruz, not, not Trump, right? Yeah, not <laughs> Trump, basically. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Trump, Trump out, out uh, was had support twenty seven points higher among non church going evangelicals. So
0: people might say something on a survey, but aren't
1: plugged yeah, in. Yeah, and and I think community. that a lot of yeah. times uh, evangelical has become such a cultural um, a uh, voting moniker. block, yeah, voting moniker, block. Yep. and not doesn't have anything to do with going to church. And yeah, so, right. uh, so yes, all that to say, there there is a difference between someone who who marks evangelical on a on a on a straw poll, right, and someone who's spending time each week in church. Uh, interacting with the Gospel, Compassion hearing for the yeah. meeting with other people, serving, being a humble
0: learner, and so, uh, so go to Churchy Turkeys. <laughs> that turkey language, man, that must be from Virginia. Well, Jesse, I tell you what, the brokenness and beauty that we see in the world is certainly seen uh, in humans as well, in our own lives, in our own soul. You look in the mirror, you're going to find both uh, beauty and brokenness in an individual human being. You find it in communities. We certainly are seeing that in our political process today, where uh, justice uh, is not valued, and expediency and self-interest is put above others, and we do believe the gospel will call wholeness to creation, wholeness to human beings, and wholeness to human community over time. And as we head into God's future, uh, we have hope for that, and we want to be part of reconciling communities of grace who stand for justice and truth for the risen King, because our citizenship is in heaven. Well, Jesse, we wrap up today. uh, I'm going to give a little preview of where we're headed for our big episode. We might do a little uh, riffing here in between uh, maybe episode 1.2. We'll do something on dreamers uh, and some of the immigration discussions coming uh, Mm -hmm. in our culture today and, and loving people and serving one another in the in who are in different capacities in life and learning to love our neighbors as ourselves and that. But we'll have an episode at the end of this month, uh, which we're going to be uh, calling Technology and Our Human Nature. Uh, and we're going to talk about technology, artificial intelligence, robots. For instance, there's people like uh, Elon Musk, who is, I guess, Tony Stark in the flesh, trying to build tunnels to pump people around, shoot things to space, and do uh, Tesla battery cars, who's fearing the future of artificial intelligence and uh, what wrath it might bring. Certainly, a lot of the science fiction uh, dystopic, not, meaning not utopia, but messed up future visions of the world, have a lot to do with uh, maybe sentient Terminators coming to get I, us. I've and seen so- Terminator too. <laughs> That's right. I'm we scared. See, Skynet? Is it Google? Is it Facebook? Which one is watching you? Well, technology uh, and human life Obviously, are becoming more and more integrated. Uh, Is that good? Is that bad? What are the risks? What are the potentials? Uh, We're going to talk about that philosophically, theologically, and looking at uh, what our human creations say about God's unique creation of human beings and our human capacity to create both wonders and maybe chaos through our technological creations. What on earth will our technology bring us? Join us in a couple of weeks right here on the Gospel Underground for that discussion. It is going to be on. We're even going to, after that discussion, get a friend on who's a uh, technology, a technologist, a professor of wireless technology. Uh, his name is Mike. I want to call him Wireless Mike, if you'll let us call him that. Wireless Mike. Wireless Check. Mike is going to be with us to talk uh, from, the, from the field, so it will, uh, as it were, from uh, technology. Well, thanks for joining us today here on the Gospel Underground. We're very grateful you joined us. We're live, as always, from the Shed Quarters, uh, and we want to give special thanks and shout-outs to Amy Stroop and Sugar in the High Lows, Trent Dabb's Secret Road Publishing, allowing us to license the music, see it for herself as our our theme song, and the Gospel Underground is a joint production of Power of Change and the Bonhopper House. We are a dialogue taking place on the borderlands between the church and culture, and we hope to see you there this week. Help out with your gifts if you can. At your time to get there. Peace.